Hello, this is Dr. John Winslow with the Society of Orthopedic Manual Therapy, coming to you from Ithaca, New York. The Society of Orthopedic Manual Therapy is rooted in the philosophy that structure and function are interrelated, and restoring mobility to skeletal, arthrodial, myofascial, and neural structures will create more efficient posture and fluidity of movement, thus promoting health and well-being. Manual therapy has been practiced throughout history, and no one profession owns manual therapy. The Society of Orthopedic Manual Therapy is eclectic, inclusive, and dedicated to training all bodywear professionals in the art and science of manual therapy. Please check out our website, somtusa.com, for upcoming courses in manual therapy. In today's podcast, we will study the history of manual therapy that originated in Asia and traveled to Europe, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, and the United States. Along its way, it was embraced, scrutinized, disputed, modified, and eventually accepted for its multitude of health benefits. The first recorded evidence of manual therapy was Twi Na, 2700 BC, which means to push and grasp, a form of Chinese manipulative therapy. In traditional Chinese medicine, Twi Na is used to improve the flow of qi, the body's energy and, and vital life force. Twi Na is performed over meridians that run through the body to release areas of stagnant qi and reestablish harmony and promote health and well-being. Twi Na was first introduced in Japan around 700 AD and over time was modified and renamed Shiatsu. In 2500 BC, Egyptian tomb paintings depicted massage of the hands and feet, known as reflexology, as part of their medical tradition. The Egyptians believed that points on the hands and feet corresponded to internal organs of the body, and applying pressure to these points would improve the function of such organs. The Ebers Papyrus, one of the oldest medical textbooks in the world, describes the Egyptians' use of massage and cupping for medical purposes. A Sanskrit text on Ayurveda indicates that massage was practiced in ancient India, 1500 BC. Hindus used the form of healing touch in the practice of Ayurvedic life-health medicine. In his writings, Greek physician Hippocrates, 460-385 BC, often referred to as the father of medicine, described using traction and manipulating a gibbous or prominent vertebra back into place by using his hand, foot, or body weight. Hippocrates recommended following manual therapy with movement and exercise. Roman surgeon Claudius Gallen was named Prince of Physicians when he manipulated a well-known scholar's neck restoring function to his paralyzed hand. Gallen often commented on the works of Hippocrates. In the 18th and 19th centuries, bone setting, a form of folk medicine, was common practice in Great Britain a skill passed on from one family member to another. Bone setters had no formal training and believed the pop was little bones going back into place. James Paget, a renowned British surgeon, reported in the British Medical Journal in 1867 on the effectiveness of bone setting. Another eminent physician, Wharton Hood, published On Bone Setting in 1871, the first book on manipulation by an allopathic medical doctor. Hood described the snapping sound as breaking of periarticular adhesions. Pierre Henrik Ling was a physiologist, gymnast, and expert fencer who in 1813 founded the Royal Central Institute of Gymnastics, the RCIG, in Stockholm, Sweden, and taught corrective exercise in different forms of manipulation and massage. Practitioners came throughout Europe to learn his techniques. Ling combined his knowledge of physiology and gymnastics with Chinese, Egyptian, Greek, and Roman manual therapy. His massage techniques would later be known as Swedish massage. A Dutch massage practitioner, Johan George Mesger, 
applied French terms to name the five basic massage techniques as effleurage, petrissage, topotement, friction, and vibration. In 1874, a physician named Andrew Taylor Still developed the practice of osteopathy. As a young man, Still suffered from chronic headaches of which doctors were unable to provide him any relief. One day, he fell asleep for a few minutes with his neck wedged between the roots of an old oak tree, and when he awoke, his headache was completely gone. At that moment, he had a revelation that the musculoskeletal system must play an important role in other functions of the body. Still believed that by restoring mobility to restricted joints and soft tissues, various ailments and diseases could be cured. He proposed that these joint and soft tissue restrictions reduce the flow of blood, and by releasing the restrictions, blood flow is normalized. He called this concept the law of the artery. The first school of osteopathy was opened in Kirksville, Missouri in 1892 and was based on four basic principles. The human body functions as a biological unit. The body possesses self-healing mechanisms. Structure and function are interrelated. And abnormal pressure in one region of the body places a strain on other parts of the body. Some of Still's students brought the osteopathic philosophy to Europe where they founded the British School of Osteopathy. Osteopathy in the United Kingdom, Australia, and New Zealand is limited to manipulative therapy, whereas osteopathic medicine in the United States conformed to the allopathic model and became a total school of medicine and surgery while retaining some of the osteopathic philosophy. Physiotherapy was found in 1894 by a group of nurses in England who trained at the Royal Central Institute of Gymnastics in Sweden first named the Society of Trained Masseurs, which in 1920 became the Chartered Society of Massage and Medical Gymnastics, and finally in 1944, the Chartered Society of Physiotherapists. Students from all over the world would come to train in this new profession, including Mary McMillan, the founder of physical therapy in the United States. Manual therapy and corrective exercise were central to the new profession. Daniel David Palmer, a farmer with no medical training, in 1895, developed chiropractic medicine, derived from a Greek word meaning done by hand. The story goes that Palmer manipulated the neck of a man named Harvey Lillard and restored the hearing that he had lost years ago. Palmer concluded that if a sublux vertebra was adjusted back into place, nerve flow would improve and the disease would be cured. Palmer called this the law of the nerve. Some say that Palmer attended a lecture by A.T. Still and borrowed his ideas to develop chiropractic. In 1897, Palmer established the Palmer College of Cure, which later became the Palmer College of Chiropractic in Davenport, Iowa. Although D.D. Palmer is given credit for the origin of chiropractic, it was his son, Bartlett Joshua Palmer, 1881 to 1961, who gave chiropractic its momentum. If it were not for B.J., chiropractic would probably never have survived the scrutiny of orthodox medicine. While studying osteopathy in 1899, William Gardner Sutherland was examining the bones of a disarticulated skull when he observed the beveled edges of the sphenoid bones. He thought to himself, beveled like the gills of a fish, perhaps to allow for some type of respiration. Dr. Sutherland was the first to perceive and document subtle movements within the bones of the cranium. Sutherland's initial discovery led to his life's work and development of cranial osteopathy. In 1907, James Minnell, M.D., instructed joint and soft tissue techniques to physiotherapists at St. Thomas Hospital in London. Assisting Minnell in his courses was a physiotherapist named Edgar Syriax. Syriax was originally from Sweden and studied at the Royal Central Institute of Gymnastics. 
Syriac's later attended Edinburgh University and became a medical doctor and continued to practice in the area of manual medicine. Minnell wrote his first textbook for physical therapists in 1917, Treatment by Movement and Massage. He later published The Science and Art of Joint Manipulation, Volume 1, The Extremities, in 1949, and Volume 2, The Spine, in 1952. Physical therapy in the United States was founded in 1921 by Mary McMillan, the first president and one of the founders of the American Women's Physical Therapeutic Association. In 1925, Mary McMillan wrote a book based on the teachings of Pierre Henrik Ling and described techniques that involved the manipulation of muscle and joints. The AWPTA changed its name in the late 1930s to the American Physiotherapy Association and men were admitted into the organization. Early physical therapists were rehabilitation aides who assisted medical doctors in rehabilitating injured soldiers. With the onset of World War II and a nationwide polio epidemic, physical therapy in the United States grew at a rapid rate in the 1940s and 50s. By the late 1940s, the organization changed its name to the American Physical Therapy Association. Since its inception, manual therapy has been a core part of the physical therapy profession. In 1954, James Syriax, son of Edgar Syriax, a British orthopedic physician, published the Textbook of Orthopedic Medicine. Syriax believed that a sudden onset of back pain was due to a crack and displacement of the annulus that could be manipulated back into place. He also proposed that a gradual onset of back pain was due to a protrusion of the nucleus, and this would be best be drawn back in by traction. Syriax popularized the terms enfield, capsule pattern, and selective tissue tension testing, he founded the Society of Orthopedic Medicine. Janet Travell, a U.S. physician, also known for being the physician to President John F. Kennedy, in the 1950s described nodules in taut bands of muscle that referred pain to specific areas of the body and named them myofascial trigger points. Travell prescribed a rocking chair for President Kennedy to relieve the trigger points in his low back. Travell wrote a two-volume book, Myofascial Pain and Dysfunction, The Trigger Point Manual, these books serve as valuable resources for manual therapists today. Injections into trigger points were first introduced by medical doctors Janet Travell and David Simmons in the early 1940s. These physicians injected corticosteroids, analgesics, and saline into the trigger points using hypodermic needles. In 1979, dry needling versus wet needling was found to be equally effective by Carl Lewitt, a Czech physician who used acupuncture needles versus hypodermic needles. The American Association of Masseurs and Masseuses was formed in 1943 to legitimize massage therapy due to years of being associated with ill repute. The organization was renamed in 1958 to the American Massage and Therapy Association and later in 1983 to the American Massage Therapy Association. Today, massage therapists are required to graduate from an accredited program, typically nine months to one year in duration, and sit for a national board exam. Muscle energy technique was first developed in 1948 by osteopathic physician Fred Mitchell. The soft tissue technique utilizes the action of the muscle spindle or Golgi tendon organ to inhibit a muscle which allows it to be stretched further and improve range of motion. MET was later refined and promoted by Mitchell's son, Fred Mitchell Jr. Another osteopathic physician, Lawrence Jones, developed the indirect technique to lengthen shortened muscles called strain counterstrain. Jones discovered this phenomenon by accident when he helped a patient to get into a comfortable sleeping position and left him resting for a few minutes. When he returned and the patient stood up, his pain was gone. 
Jones developed a whole manual therapy system based on the concept of position of comfort. These two techniques became part of osteopathic and physical therapy practice. In 1960, Dr. John Minnell, MD, son of Dr. James Minnell, MD, published Joint Pain, in which he proposed that the principal cause of low back pain was from the facet joints and not the intervertebral discs. Minnell developed the concept of joint play and joint dysfunction. Minnell advocated for physical therapists to work with physicians in performing joint manipulation. Minnell was the founding member of the North American Academy of Manipulative Medicine. Freddie Kaltenborn, physiotherapist from Norway, was an apprentice to James Sirex, MD, at St. Thomas Hospital in London. In 1961, Kaltenborn published Extremity Manipulation, and in 1964, he published Spinal Manipulation. He coined the term orthokinematics and promoted the convex concave rule to govern joint mobilization. Kaltenborn was a founding member of the International Federation of Orthopedic Manipulative Physical Therapists, IFOMT, and the American Academy of Orthopedic Manual Physical Therapists, AOMT and spent his career educating physical therapists on how to perform joint manipulation. In 1956, Robin McKenzie, a physiotherapist from New Zealand, developed a treatment method for low back pain. One day while treating patients in his clinic, McKenzie asked a patient to undress and lie down on a treatment table, and he would be in to see them shortly. McKenzie did not notice that the head of the table was lifted from the previous patient. When McKenzie returned, the patient was lying with his upper body extended. McKenzie expected his patient to be in severe pain. However, to his surprise, the patient's leg pain was much improved. McKenzie is most known for the concepts of directional preference and centralization. In 1964, Jeffrey Maitland, a physiotherapist from Australia, published vertebral manipulation and later peripheral manipulation. Maitland used oscillatory mobilization to treat reproducible signs. He would identify an active or passive movement that was painful, oscillate the joint, and test again. If the movement hurt less, he would continue with the oscillations. If there was no change, then he tried different oscillatory techniques or directions. Maitland was less concerned about specific orthokinematics and more focused on movements that alleviated symptoms. Associated with Maitland at this time was Gregory Grieve from the UK, a physiotherapist who trained at St. Thomas Hospital and worked closely with James Syriax. Grieve taught manual therapy courses in the UK and founded the Manipulation Association of Chartered Physiotherapists. In the early 1970s, Stanley Paris, physiotherapist from New Zealand, began teaching courses on manipulation to physical therapists in the United States. He founded the Institute of Physical Therapy that certified physical therapists in manual therapy. The Institute later became the University of St. Augustine for Health Sciences, the only freestanding physical therapy school in the United States. Dr. Paris was a founding member of the International Federation of Orthopedic Manipulative Physical Therapists, the American Academy of Orthopedic Manual Physical Therapists, and the first president of the orthopedic section of the American Physical Therapy Association. He was the founding co-editor for the Journal of Manual and Manipulative Therapy. No physical therapist or individual, for that matter, has contributed more to the advancement of manual therapy in the United States than Dr. Paris. Ola Grimsby, a certified manual therapy instructor in the Norwegian National Program, moved to the U.S. and started teaching for Stanley Paris. He eventually founded the Ola Grimsby Institute and offered courses leading to a manual therapy certification and later established residency and fellowship programs. Structural integration is a method of bodywork developed by Ida Rolf, Ph.D., that rebalances the body by bringing its major segments, head, shoulders, chest, pelvis, and legs, 
into vertical alignment to promote structural harmony and well-being. Throughout her life, Ida was interested in alternative healing and spent endless hours studying and experiencing homeopathy, osteopathy, chiropractic, and yoga. She eventually developed her own system of bodywork that she named structural integration. Ida practiced and taught her bodywork techniques to practitioners from all disciplines, and in 1971 opened the Rolf Institute of Structural Integration in Denver, Colorado. While assisting with a surgery to remove a calcified plaque from the membrane that surrounds the spinal cord, Dr. John Upledger, D.O., witnessed the pulsing of a cerebral spinal fluid. He observed that the pulsing was not in sync with the patient's respiration or heartbeat. He was so intrigued by the idea of a separate functional system that he attended a course at the Cranial Academy taught by Harold Magoon, one of Dr. Sutherland's students. Dr. Upledger spent most of his career researching this subtle movement of cerebral spinal fluid. The result of his work supported and confirmed what Sutherland had discovered, the cranial bones, the membranes attaching to them, the membranes surrounding the spinal cord, and the sacrum, together with the cerebral spinal fluid, make up a functional body system. Through his clinical practice, Dr. Upledger discovered that by correcting subtle restrictions in this system, many conditions of the brain and spinal cord could be successfully treated. Dr. Upledger set up a teaching foundation, the Upledger Institute, to train practitioners from all disciplines in his techniques. In the 1960s, osteopath Robert Ward, a student of Ida Rolfe, coined the term myofascial release, previously referred to as connective tissue mobilization. The concept was first proposed in the 1890s by Andrew Taylor Still, founder of osteopathy. John F. Barnes, physical therapist, pioneered a sustained pressure myofascial release approach and promoted it through continued education courses for bodywork therapists. At the 1970 World Confederation of Physical Therapy Conference in Denmark, a group of therapists was given the task of working with the WCPT to create its first subgroup on manual therapy. In 1974, the International Federation for Orthopedic Manipulative Physical Therapists, IFOMPT, was founded in Montreal, Canada by Paris, Maitland, Kaltenborn, and Grieve to establish standards for education in manual therapy. In 1983, the North American Institute of Manual Therapy was founded in the United States by Canadian physiotherapists Earl Petman, James Meadows, Cliff Fowler, and David Lamb. NAOMPT certifies manual therapists and offers fellowship training. In 1986, Bob Elvey and Jeff Maitland first introduced the concept of neuromobilization, a manual therapy treatment of neural tissue and the non-neural structure surrounding the neural tissue to improve neurophysiology and relieve pain. In 1989, Butler and Gifford expanded on the work of Elvey and Maitland and promoted the technique worldwide. Michael Shotglock further developed the concepts and techniques in the mid-1990s. In 1990, Brian Mulligan, physiotherapist from New Zealand, introduced to the United States mobilization of movement. With this method, the therapist applies a sustained accessory glide while the patient performs an active movement. In 1989, Mulligan published Manual Therapy NAGs, SNAGs, and MWMs, also known as Natural Apophyseal Glides, sustained natural apophyseal glides, and mobilization movements. During the summer of 1991, Freddie Kaltenborn and a group of manual therapists formed the American Academy of Orthopedic Manual Physical Therapists, AOMPT. The founding members included Richard Earhart, Joe Farrell, Ola Grimsby, Cornelia Kulig, Michael Moore, Stanley Paris, Mike Rogers, and Bjorn Svensson. 
The Academy works collaboratively with the American Physical Therapy Association to establish manual therapy fellowship standards for physical therapists in the United States. Manual therapy, a hands-on approach, has been practiced throughout history, and no one profession owns manual therapy. Manual therapy is now supported by research and will continue to play an important role in health and medicine. That's it for today's podcast. Until next time, this is Dr. John Winslow with the Society of Orthopedic Manual Therapy in Ithaca, New York. Remember to develop an eclectic treatment approach, stay informed of new evidence, embrace the healing power of touch, and always follow manual therapy with movement and exercise. Check out our website, somtusa.com, for upcoming courses in manual therapy. And join us for our next podcast on the marvelous myofascial system.